Hi, and welcome to Voice of the Artist Dance Edition, where we're listening to the thoughts and perspectives of dance artists and dance professionals through and beyond their creative work. I'm Sandy Rosine, Creative Director at Bez Arts Hub, and we're glad you've joined us. First of all, um, we have our special guest, Amber Funk Barton. And uh, Amber has has done a myriad of things. I mean, I'll let you talk more about it because I will probably do a disservice to talking about a, a lot of it, but um, <laughs> kind of grew up through the Go Ballet arts umbrella world and has done performances with um, many, many renowned um, artists, Josh Beamish, Karen Jameson, Dehalisic. I mean, I love, she's one of my favorites that I haven't <laughs> seen for a while. Um, and uh, and so we'll get you talking about all of that. And then my co-host, but she's also going to be one of the guests today, is Danielle Harvey. Um, <laughs> and I, you know what I what I think is wonderful is that uh, both of you have had similar careers. Um, you know, connected with similar choreographers and dance companies, and um, but very much from different trajectories. Um, so, uh, it'll be interesting to just kind of hear your corner of the world, how that's gone for you. But I'm going to start first of all, um, with, uh, maybe just talk about how you've come through dance, um, maybe, and start at your earliest memory of dance and how it affected you long-term. Earliest memory of dance for me, that was dancing in my living room at like, you know, before even lessons, I remember distinctly putting on records and dancing in the living room, um, like every day, all the time. And then that led to ballet classes. Mm. Um, I distinctly remember like soldier walks and like all the (laughs) pre-primary things. And I remember as a little girl looking up to the big girls at that time had this like butterfly um, net dance that I just thought was everything. (laughs) I wanted that butterfly net so bad. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of started just with like the whole RAD ballet thing. Mm. Um, And then I think a turning point for me was um, going to the BAMP Center for summer school, which I'm so heartbroken. These summer programs don't exist anymore for young dancers. And it was actually through those summer programs that I discovered modern dance and it just changed everything for me. Um, and also at that time, they had the Clifford E. Lee Award, which I got to see um, Joe Laughlin's work for the first time. And that was like my light bulb moment where I was like, that's it. I want to be a choreographer. Like ah. That's like, it was a done deal for me at that point in time. And then through that, about when I was about six. I went to go ballet at that point in time and wanted to get more serious and started to do the the half day program. Um, So I would go to public school for half the day and then do all my dancing um, as my electives. And then um, I know I'm kind of like going off of my first memories. You can just stop me at any time. No, no, keep going. Keep going. We want to hear the story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah. And then I, I felt when I got to graduating from just high school and and dance, I was very confused and lost and I was pretty much ready to quit. I had no idea what I should do. I thought professional dancing as a professional was just not an option for me. I didn't even know that was a possibility, to be honest. Mm. I I Mm. wasn't even entertaining that. I just thought, oh, okay, I guess, well, I'm, I'm done. And then, um, to make a long story short, it was actually, um, my modern teacher at Go Ballet was Mary Louise Albert mm, and yeah. she recommended to my mom she's like you should take Amber to Arts Umbrella like so then from there I met Artie Artemis Gordon and she basically she convinced me not to quit she was just like give me a year <laughs> and like let me see what I can do yeah. so I gave it that year fully thinking there's no way I'm continuing on this is going to be a waste of time yeah and here I am (laughs) (laughs) still going (laughs) yeah so what happened from there to um Bally BC used to have uh what was called the mentor program again this program doesn't really exist anymore and that was just it changed so much for me it was a complete game changer um 
I, I kind of did their graduate program for about half a year because there wasn't really a program for me. It was before all these programs at Arts Umbrella had really been like flushly developed. Right. Um, and so I was kind of like just taking classes, whatever, wherever. And then I did the mentor program. And then it was after the mentor program with Valley BC that I just started working professionally. And of all the people I got to work with first professionally um, was Judith Marcuse, but also Joe Laughlin, the, the right. wonderful human right. being that I saw at Banff. I actually got to work with him as one of my first um, jobs as a con- professional contemporary dancer. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I just somehow figured out how to keep going. <laughs> I'm laughing because oh. I just think back now and it's just like, it's it's so great when you're younger because you don't realize how hard it's going to be because you just right. love it so much. Right. But then now, like as you get older and you learn more and, and you figure out more things, you're just like, oh my God, what was I thinking? And at the same time, it's like, it's the best time to do it because... right. Right. You just, all you can think about is how much you love dance. Yeah. That's that's it, right? So yeah. um, that's kind of like you just have beginner's mind and it, it's, it's a great place to be. Yeah. And now I think back, I'm like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> all, all in a great place. But yeah, and then, um, yeah, it's been a beautiful, beautiful journey. And then about when I was about 28, 2008, I decided to um, have my own company. So I did that whole shebang um, and that lasted about 13 years. And I just recently handed my company over to Marissa Wong and the company has been renamed to the falling company. And she's just, you know, the perfect person to, to take over for me. Um, Yeah. And now I'm just figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is, wow. And so your career has spanned how many years, would you say? Oh, geez. Like when did you start? Like 21 years now, easily. Yeah. Going on 22. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 Very, very fortunate. Yeah. And just a quick, I mean, Danielle has had to explain her, you know, her career over over the last few sessions and episodes yeah. that we've had. But maybe give a synopsis for people I who haven't. I will give a very brief, <laughs> very brief. So I started at age three. Um, my oldest sister, my only sister, was dancing at the time. And I just walked in and I was just like, I belong here. Like my eyes were just like huge. And I started doing Aww. what they were doing in the hallway and then the teacher was like hey do you want to try it and I was like oh my god my sister's gonna kill me <laughs> I'm in her class <laughs> I don't think she loved it that much but then from there on I just started to competitively dance um Sandy knows my feelings on competitive dance so I won't go fully into it um <laughs> but that lasted a really long time and then I eventually ended up working with Josh Beamish um, as an apprentice, um, that was a huge learning experience for me. Was I ready for it? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> just like the full day and like the lack of sleep and just the lessons I learned. It was really mm-hmm. a challenging year for me, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I thought I'd take a step back from that and go into MODIS, which was the best thing for me ever. Because mm-hmm. I could still kind of start my career as a teacher, young teacher. Starting at the bottom, not working with, like, the prime yet. Um, so, like, working with, like, three-year-olds that wet their pants in class and learning all that stuff <laughs> that way. The um, and I, I did that, and that was awesome. And somehow just ended up on So You Think You Can Dance very randomly. Um, I had zero plan for any of this. Like, this just happened to me. I wasn't, like, I didn't have some master plans. I still don't. Um, I kind of let life just kind of happen to me. Um, and then after that, I just went down the whole, you know, commercial dance thing, whatever you want to call it, um, and ended up being a choreographer full time after that. And I kind of slowed down on the dance front. Um, again, not really purposely, but really kind of like, how do I put this? I didn't feel like I needed it anymore, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I had my time with it. I met lots of amazing people that I'm still in contact with. So for me, the friendships were more important than the actual dance side of Mm. it. Um, And yeah, it's just kind of gotten me to where I am now. And I work with Bev and Sandy and Richmond (laughs) Academy and all these awesome people. And yeah, I'm just constantly in a transitional phase. I don't think I'm ever not 
in a transitional phase. Hmm. So, hmm. which I'm okay with. I kind of like it because oh. I'm never bored. Really. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and I think I think what what I sense from both of you is that you're just kind of following the lead. Whatever feels like the next mm-hmm. thing that feels right um, is the next thing. Um, so, I mean, before we get into all of that, maybe maybe. Um, if you can kind of reflect on what have been the benefits and the drawbacks of dance in your life. Because I think Mm -hmm. for young dancers out there, um, you know, if they are trying to persevere, they need to know why, what's the benefit of this. Um, If they are persevering and things aren't going well, um, to be able to actually acknowledge what the drawbacks are and to, and to mm-hmm. actually, I think often dancers never get a chance to kind of weigh what is, what is not going well and is, is the overall benefit of this going to be worth what I'm sacrificing? And I, and I think it, it's really important for dancers to take a look at that. Um, so for you, Amber, what would you say are the benefits and the, then vice versa, the drawbacks of drawbacks of? Well, dance? I mean, I mean, there's there's so many perks. I, I mean, like in 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 addition to like you know doing something that you love, like you 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 don't have to think about things about like moving your body to have like health or whatever like that's all like all those boxes are like checked right and you're just like you're just kind of in you can be if you're with the right people like you're just in this constant flow state like it just it just is it's great and it's fun and then if you're really lucky you're working with people you like and then it's fun and it doesn't feel like work in the best case scenario you're just like doing what you love right and if you if you have any type of career where there's touring involved I mean there's so many places in Canada I would have never have seen if it wasn't for dance Mm. so many places I would have never traveled to if it wasn't for dance Mm. um and I'm I'm so so grateful for that the friendships you make this you know there's some relationships even if I don't see people they they're just going to be in my heart for like my entire life you know it's 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 really beautiful that way. And it's different. It's not like a nine to five office, like because you're so vulnerable with your body and making all these decisions, those relationships that you have are like very, very deep. Right. Um, And you like, you, you know, like in a sense, like whether it's through school or career, like I always say, like you've gone through the trenches, right? Like we've all had those jobs where you're like, we'll be friends for life because of what you experience together. Yeah. The, the drawbacks are it is so physically demanding and not just physically demanding, it's like every part of you, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. And because of that, if you don't have a system set up where you can have balance and be grounded, like you can easily just put all your eggs in one basket with this profession and then as soon as something happens and it feels like the rug gets taken out from under you, whether it's injury or you just can't keep going or a relationship that goes really bad, it's heartbreaking because with dance, my experience is like you can just give and give and give and give and it will just take and take and take and take. It's not necessarily a reciprocal relationship. (laughs) And you're... If, yeah, it, it's very easy to be unbalanced if you don't have certain people in your family or in your life just like just to do like what I call like normal things like yeah. let's go to the zoo. Let's like just take a break and, yeah. and not think about dance and talk yeah. about dance because I think you'll probably all understand and anybody watching this who's a dancer will understand. It's like I can easily, you know, especially that point in my life, just talk about dance, think about dance, everything's dance. Yeah. And to me at a certain point, it's not balanced. It's yeah. actually becomes unhealthy yeah. and you're not thinking about anything else. Like I remember at one point I had a panic attack. So I'm like, I don't, if dance is taken away from me, like I have no hobbies. I have no interests. I have no, yeah. like, I actually don't know who I am. Yeah. And yeah. so my, my advice too, in terms of the drawbacks with dancers is to do that work of like, know who you are without dance and know that you're still like an amazing human being, whether you dance or not. Yeah. Like, don't let dance be the only thing that defines you because if you do, you're going to get like a really rude wake up call at yeah. a certain point. Are there, are there times that you can recall throughout your career where you really missed that balance? 
And and if so, what what kind of happened to you? Well, I I feel like I feel very fortunate because, like, even from the beginning, I was trying to make decisions that would involve my family or just my life. But I mean, it's inevitable. Like, you just you just kind of start going down the rabbit hole. <clears throat> the best thing I learned was to actually schedule time off, yeah. like actually schedule it and like yeah. commit to it. Yeah. Um, and to commit to it in the sense of actually like, no, like you have to say no. It's, it's like, actually I'm not available this time. Yeah. And that was so hard for me in my twenties, but it's, it's like the best advice I can give. And I say that to knowing that like, you know, we live in a time like, you can't always say no in terms of finances. Like sometimes you just, you just have to keep going. But I would recommend if you can to like schedule specific points of time off to recharge your buddy. I have one buddy. I think he told me he actually scheduled when he finishes like a huge contractor job, he actually schedules time off after. Mm. So like he doesn't have to jump into a next project or something like yeah. that. You know, there's all these different little strategies you can do for yourself. Yeah. But um, for myself, I mean, I would say like my husband has been like my greatest ally in keeping me balanced and grounded. And mm. and yeah, like the thing we would do together is travel. So like every December we would take the whole month off because we felt like is also like the most unproductive month anyways. Yeah. And like that would be our time together. And yeah. it's like not taking any jobs. Of course, like you have to answer the odd email or whatever, but like trying to like, honor time for just you and your family without dance and like even traveling like don't worry about going to a dance show don't worry about doing research like just just try to turn off as much as you can that's not always realistic depending where you are in your career but I did found like that was a huge service mm. service to me and I was yeah. in a position where I, I could make those choices that's um awesome. yeah that's kind yeah. of what I what I experienced that's wonderful that's yeah. And how about for you, Danielle? Um, let's see. So Benefits of dance. Um, for <laughs> me, like, I don't know if you guys can kind of relate to this, but I'm not a huge lover of language. I wish I was, but I'm more of a, like, language of dance person. So it's like you feel it versus saying it. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like, I'm sure we've all been in this scenario, but, like, you're in a situation in a rehearsal or something, and you don't verbally have to say anything. You either feel it, see it, or just, like, it's the smallest thing, like a weight shift with a partner or something. You're like, okay, that's the type of day we're going to have today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this, like, mm -hmm. you can't even put it into words. I don't know what it's called. I still, to this day, have no idea what it's called. <laughs> but it's just... It's called it's magic. Like, <laughs> it's magic, right? And I think that's the thing that's kept me in dance because yeah. there's so many things, like, there have been a lot of drawbacks for me in terms of, like, you know, the mental health side of it and just staying, you know above the water because sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming whether it's people's perception of you I'm a sensitive person so I'm just like oh, I take it all on right yeah um yeah <laughs> but at the same time um just having that like what Amber said like that magic is just like kind of takes over all that other bad stuff that you might be experiencing yeah. and it's just something I'm so grateful for and yes. love to see in my actual classes with people too, yeah. whether they're like experienced dancers or they're having trouble at home or, you know, everybody has their struggles. But um, just to see people find that moment with another person or just with themselves, like huge benefit. Yeah. Like you can't do much better than that. Yeah. And it's such a inward lesson for everybody. And it's nice to be able to actually sit back and see it. Yeah. So I feel yeah. pretty lucky. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's talk then about about this whole thing of transition. Um, what I mean, both of you have have expressed that there's kind of a major transition going on with you, that you have left some you know major companies. Um, you know, for you, Amber, your company of thirteen years. I know for you, Danielle, it's um, it was work and and working and dancing in dance companies um what what kind of was your was your sign that it was time to shift it was such a major shift and um and if so as you're doing that 
what kinds of emotions are coming up as you're shifting from, you know, something that has been so much integrated into your day-to-day life to now something brand new? Like what kinds of emotions are, are connected to that as well? Mm-hmm. I know for me, and it's pretty simple. I'll give Amber some time to think about it. <laughs> Still processing. Um, I know, right? I know. So for me, going from like the experience, which is very like manufactured and very much like you do this contract for six months, you build up all these relationships and then you never talk to them again. Like you just don't. And it's just meant for that. That's not how, like, I obviously didn't own the company. I was just a part of it. But for me, that's just not how I roll. Like, Mm. I would love to know these people the rest of my life and not just, like, give them everything and then never talk to them again. (laughs) So for me, I think it was, uh, I remember one of our last rehearsals was, and I just sat in my car and I had never experienced a panic attack in my life. Mm. And I just could not breathe and I panicked and I felt so claustrophobic and I was just like, I can't do it anymore. Mm. Like I just can't be a part of something I don't believe in anymore. And so I just had to say goodbye to that side of my life. And yes, it was great in terms of opportunity and traveling, which I'm very grateful for, but I'm just, I'm more than that now. And I know that. Mm. And um, I think there's some value in that lesson now. So I'm just like never going to go back <laughs> and just like live my life the way I want to live it. And, you know, just try and like live an authentic life, you know, be happy. It's too yeah. short. Right. Yeah. I think we all know that. So yeah. that's awesome. what will be will be. Yeah. You know, life is too short. And you've yeah. hit it on the nail on the head. I um, I think for me, too, it was it's, it was just intuitive, you know, like even like how it's like almost related to like how I make work. It's like at at a certain point, it was just like something just does not feel right. Mm -hmm. I was just like, it just feels like I'm a hamster in a wheel and I don't understand what I'm trying to achieve anymore is essentially what happened. Um, And it's not that I wasn't happy. Well, I guess it just didn't feel the way it used to. It didn't feel like I was accomplishing something. And I think what it also comes down to for me, what I'm learning is like, I didn't feel useful. I felt more useful when I was teaching during that time too. Like I started developing more as a teacher, kind of like in the kind of off season when the company wasn't as busy. And I found like I was just getting more, more, I was feeling more purpose through teaching than I was through running running a company and, and doing all those things. And, you know, even having a company, I don't regret it at all. I learned so much and I did so much just, you know, winging it and white knuckling it. Um, but then it just got to the point where I was just like, I, li- I am so exhausted. I'm working so hard. I'm working just as hard, if not harder than when I first started this company. And then I hate to say it and I'm like, but I'm like not getting financially compensated as I should for all this work that I'm doing. And I'm just like, I, I'm too old for this, you know, like I'm too old for this to do this anymore. And I, I, and it's also too, for me, it was just like upholding that structure of a nonprofit, all those, all those kind of things, all those responsibilities. And so I was thought like, I think I, I don't need to do this anymore. I'd be happy to just like, if I'm going to create just here and there, but I feel so much more useful and so much more purpose, like through teaching or, um, through other avenues of like instruction or coaching other than just making my shows and expecting people to come see them and then all the work behind that. And, you know, once I made that decision, it just felt like a weight being lifted off my shoulders. The other side of that though, it's like, you know, when I first came in, when I first came in hot, you know, I was very, when I think back now, I was extremely naive and ambitious and and all the in all the right ways, but also not realistic. And you know, I you know, I had this dream like I'm gonna make this company, and it's gonna be like Crystal Pipe. We're gonna tour the world, and you know, and it's like that is obviously not what happened. But I just realized, like, I remember doing my first major tour, and I and I was just like so jacked. I was like, this is this is what I wanted. And then it's like not even halfway through the tour, I was just like, I don't like this. Like I was like, I am not this is, I don't know, this is too much or, or this is not what I thought it was. And so that was a huge thing. And so with all that being said, now it's been almost, almost a full year 
since I've, I've passed on my company. And it's especially in the early days of that decision, even though it felt like a weight being lifted, there was also a sifting through of feelings like I failed. I didn't right. achieve what I said I was going to do. Um, I'm, a, you know, I'm a failure, blah, blah, blah. The work wasn't good enough. Right. People didn't want to buy it, all those type of things. Right. And to be honest, I'm still sifting through that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's exactly what Danielle's saying. It's just like, you know, you, you deserve to be happy. You've got this one life and life is too short. Yeah. And again, it comes down for, to me, I've repeated myself, but like feeling purpose and feeling useful. Yeah. And so that is so much more for me of, of teaching or coaching yeah. or passing on information or helping people to connect. Yeah. Um, so that's where I find, and when I look back on my career, that's where I feel like I experienced the most success and joy was mm. being, helping people connect dots, yeah. helping people to, to get to where they want to go or to gain clarity. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's there's still like a sifting through of like, oh, how do I feel about this? But really, like, I don't, I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> all in all the right ways, in all the right yeah. ways, not the bad ways. You know, I, you know, of course, I miss certain people. But I had a project company, so it was never the same people that I was always working with. Maybe there was a couple of collaborators, but like, I just don't. I, I right now I just I just don't miss that work that yeah. constant like weight I had of like just having to be on top of right. this machine every day yeah. and there was only one of me I had no staff really right. I had an assistant near the end but but yeah it was it was too much for me and that all being said those structures worked for other people they just weren't working for me at a certain yeah. point in time I'm not yeah. here to poo poo people having a company it was just, I, I kind of maxed out yeah. my experience from it or I got everything I wanted out of it. And then I was like, yeah. okay, I guess we're, we're done. I guess mm. we're done here. <laughs> well, and I wonder how much, how much, I mean, you did mention this slightly, but I, I wonder as a young dancer choreographer heading into all of that, the weight of the nonprofit, applying for grants, uh, booking tours, blah, 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 all those practical things that as a creator um, it's not generally your wheelhouse and so no. and so that that starts to wear so um, you know if if you were given all the money in the world if you had a staff to do all those frustrating things uh, for Danielle if you had somebody else who who had to take all of the conversations with the parents and the mm -hmm. logistics and all of that, if you didn't have all those things, mm -hmm. would it look different? Would you have stuck with it? If you, if you had somebody who booked tours and there were tours and there was mm -hmm. lots of interest in your company, would that have changed it? Because, you know, I sometimes feel like um, because there just aren't enough resources that are given into mm -hmm. this particular sphere of, of, um, arts that that most often artists end up burning out you know well not even burning out but becoming weary of the work that perhaps if there were different resources and structures around that you'd actually jettison in there mm -hmm. and you'd be able to continue I don't know do you feel that or do you honestly feel like no we're done this version of it <laughs> So for me, it really depends on which part of my life I'm referencing because I feel like I've had so many different chapters and so many different like job titles, if you want to call yeah. it that. Yeah. So like, like one of my final years of doing, let's say like the busiest year of my life, which was like probably a year before the pandemic started. Um, I was running a school program three days a week. I was running my own like um, choreography mentorship uh, four days a week teaching regularly and doing like all the choreography for the West coast team. Um, and it was just me doing all of the admin, talking to the parents, doing everything. I don't remember much of my life that year, to be honest, other than driving and teaching. And it would have been so beneficial just to have like someone just, just there, even just like to be like, mm -hmm. you're doing okay. Yeah. Even just as a support system. I didn't yeah. have that. But other than my wonderful mom, if you're still on, I don't know if you're on. I love you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but if I did have like some sort of help behind me just to, you know, do the emails, do the posters, do the websites, do the yeah. paying of company members or teachers coming in and out, 
I think I could have had the space in my heart to be a little bit more open to everything, but you know, I'm sure we can all relate at some point in our life. It just kind of becomes too much and you're only one person, but yeah, if, if, you know, down the road, there is ever an opportunity for someone else that might be in a phase like that where I was at having like some sort of support behind them. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Like, it's totally possible if you can just do your job, which is to be creative. Yeah. 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 But that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So, yeah. 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 And how about for you, Amber? Yeah, I probably, I mean, I think it's also an issue, like one artists aren't getting paid and then like the whole sector of arts administration, they also need support. So it's, yeah. you know, it's like, it's a problem on both sides. Yeah. There's burnout on both sides of, of the table. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of our lives would be so much easier if we just had an agent that could like book our shows. Like, yeah. it, it, you know, and it, it's this weird thing where like presenters want to talk to the artist and have that relationship. But it's like, you don't have time, like sometimes, like, but you have to make those relationships. It's all based on relationships. Yeah. And that's just time. That's, yeah. that's like an investment of time over and over. And then, you know, you could very well um, be doing all this work and then it just, you're still, you're still not, your work, it's not personal. You're still, your work doesn't fit in with that program or with that venue or, right. you know. And so I think, I mean, I think it, at the same time, it's good for, for us to have that understanding. The best advice I was ever given was to do it as long as you can on your own. And then it's like, you're going to know when you need help. And the reason why that advice was given to me is because once you start paying people to do those jobs, you're still in charge. You have to be able to catch the mistakes. You have to be able to oversee and direct that work. Right. Yeah. If you haven't experienced yeah. any capacity of that work, you have no idea what you're looking for. You don't know uh, like if these people are, are doing what you need them to do. Right. Right. And so that knowledge just helps you to become a better director and a better leader. Um, but yeah, I mean, we could all use a, we could all use a staff member, <laughs> like we could all use like a personal agent, a personal assistant, uh, you know, just an yeah. administration assistant yeah. just to like, just that extra person and be like, Amber's busy. She will get back to you next week. It, yeah. it, it makes such a difference, you know, and yeah. we're at this, we're in this time too, where like even the automatic, you know, the automatic email of like, I'm out. It, it doesn't even matter. Like I swear, yeah. like people don't even care. Yeah. Not, you know, like to a degree, like it's just, it's so like people need answers and, and information. Yeah. So yeah, I think I easily think, especially in the earlier days, when you're kind of like, especially with the company, when you're trying to like build that foundation in the community and in, in, the, in the industry, if I had had like, just like a, a dedicated person as, a, as an, even just as administrator assistant, I, I'm pretty sure I would have had like juice to keep going another yeah. five years or so. But yeah. um, at the same time too, like it's that kind of belief. It's like, well, you're not supposed to have that experience. I'm supposed to have that experience so I can talk about it with you here today you know it's like everything you know I don't believe in fate but I do believe things happen for a reason yeah and your experience will just you know it will go back that information will go back to someone else and help them or vice versa all yeah. those kind of things yeah for sure for sure that makes sense and you know, I, I do think that, that all the learning curves and always knowing what is behind all these things rather than just being handed it on a silver platter and somebody, yeah. you know, doing all that, you know, that does make sense. Um, yeah. At the same time, I guess my heart always always goes out to the fact that, that um, there is so little support for the, for the sector um, yeah. that, that everybody is kind of scrimping and, and frustrated and, and even the number of, of dancer parents who won't let their, their, their children continue on as professionals because they don't want them to be starving artists like that, that grieves me that that would be the identity that would continue to be slapped on to this industry or to, to this sector and, and that we wouldn't have a really rich, um, community of dancers who just create because they just create yeah. and that we all get to enjoy that. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's my heart on that. And I would love to see it differently. And, and obviously that's a big part of what I do is I administrate stuff to, in order to equip artists. And that's, that's, you know, my heart. Um, but maybe let's go into this whole territory that I know both of you have gone into, which is, um, now the mentorship of, of other dancers. Um, maybe chat a little bit about what your heart is for that. And, and I don't know if you're still doing it, Amber. I know you have in the past. Mm -hmm. um, Danielle for sure is doing that with us. Um, but yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that, about mentorship and, and caring for sure. other dancers. I mean, kind of like the way I was brought up in the community was just like, you just pass on whatever information you've been given. It's at a certain point, it's your responsibility to, to pass it on to others. And so that's kind of how I was um, raised um, by like my dance parents within within the community. Um, and so it, it was always, that was always um, driven, driven into my psyche. And so even as I was going in my own experience, you know, when I was an emerging dancer, it's like, I felt like I was the only one. It is not the plethora of yeah. dancers today that are just yeah. you know I, I cannot keep up with the the like the output of dancers that are being trained now and and out in the community when I back in my day it was, it was just like <laughs> it was I was it like I had access to everything firsthand mm. um and so but even still within that, I just felt like that whole kind of emerging dancer period where you're just like, you graduated and you're like 19 to 25, you're just like treading water. Like you just don't know, like you're doing things, you have no idea what you're doing to a degree. And you're, you know, you've, you're kind of out of like your graduated system. So you're just like, it's up to you to take class. It's up to you to stay in shape. It's up to you to do all these yeah. things, but there's like no direction whatsoever. Yeah. And I just felt like I've always felt like there's, it's, it's changed now, but at that time I'm like, there's such a gap for, for dancers in this period. And so within my company, I would set up um, in cycles, um, depending on the project, the, a more formalized apprenticeship program. Uh -huh. um, because I kept seeing people like apprenticing, but really just shadowing and not really having any right. accountability in the mm -hmm. rehearsal. But yet at the end of the day, they can still put on their CV. Oh, I apprenticed with right. so-and-so. It's like, did you? I saw you in that rehearsal and right. all you did was like sit in the back kind of thing. So what I tried to do is like have this idea of like, we actually are trading, we're doing class. I'm giving you class. You don't have to pay for class. You can come to as many rehearsals as much as possible. And then there's like a portion where I would work with the dancers, those apprentices, and they would also perform with the professionals in, in a show. Um, but, but I've always kind of had this, I've tried to have this kind of like open door approachable, um, approachable policy, whether myself or with the company. And now I'm not doing like anything formalized, but it's just kind of like, maybe it's like word on the street is just like email me up to have a question. It's like, maybe I should formalize it. I don't know. But again, it just comes back to that. If, if our participating in the community, like, you know, to a certain degree, and it's pretty respectful, like nobody's like asking for me to write their grant or anything like that. But it's just like, you know, you just become as part of my role in the community, it's like being a sounding board or being that person, someone wants, just wants to take you out for a cup of coffee and ask you a couple questions. And, you know, that's, I feel that responsibility, like that's what I did that's what other people did for me. Right. Now it's my turn to do that for other people. And I'm telling you, that's the only way our community or industry survives. Yeah. That's the only way. You can't like, wow. to a certain degree, it's like, why are you hoarding information? It doesn't, yep. it yep. doesn't serve anybody. And I want to believe in like the law of abundance, right? Like yep. there is enough for everybody. There's yep. enough opportunity for everyone. Nobody's going to be taking anything away from you. Right. And you know, like, the, the whole goal of mentoring anyone is that like you would hope that at a certain point they surpass you. Like if you've yeah. done your job, yeah. they, your, their level of experience and expertise will eventually 
go beyond yours. It's not like about being in a power position and holding that and only being the only source of all wisdom. Okay, I want to pause right there, Amber, because I feel like that is like a huge key for for making a healthy dance community. I I think that that is pivotal uh, because I do not think that that's a common concept. I feel like the actually we we brought it up a couple episodes ago that that one of the issues that happens in the dance community is this this idea of scarcity that there isn't mm-hmm. going to be enough. So for you to say there is enough and and we can share with one another and it is okay if somebody stands on our shoulders and goes further because that's what this is all about. This is how people accomplish greater and greater things in the industries mm-hmm. that we're in. And I think that that is absolutely crucial. And I, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head and great that you have had people ahead of you doing that for you because I... I think that that isn't isn't a common experience. I I think that very, very often instructors feel very, very threatened if somebody is taking off more than they did, accomplishing more than they did, and they've got to hold them back. Um, You know, the fear of loss of power as though your power will be drained out by this person going further. You know, it's just not true, but it it, I, I don't know, your, your experience is more than mine, but I feel like it's, it's the opposite is, is common in, in the industry that people... It's, it's true. I mean, like an ego gets involved, like yeah. we're human beings, right? It's like you can't, not, you can't not feel, you know, even just a little bit sad sometimes. You know, you're just like, oh, I thought I was going to do that. But like what, what keeps me excited is like, but you're still part of it. Like That's you right. still had that conversation with someone. Right. Maybe you're, it's not your project, but you still are involved. You know, it's, we're all connected to a greater or lesser degree. Right on. And yeah. so like you still like hold on to like, you still played a part of that. Like you yeah. can still be excited for that person. And, yeah. and it, it's just like, it's all just like growing. It's adulting really is what it is. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just growing up, trying, trying to do your best. And, yeah. and I think it is good that, um, it's never any good to like repress how you're feeling. But like, I always say like, you know, acknowledge you're feeling jealousy, acknowledge that you're feeling frustrated, like analyze it. Why? And then just let like, like have your whatever. And then just like, just move on. Yeah. Like you're allowed to feel what you feel, but then like, just move on yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. I know that's, that's easier. Good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And do you have any thoughts on that, Danielle? Because I, I feel like oh, you're, yeah, you've had lots it's been of my world for a yeah, while. Yeah, I was going to say, you've had lots <laughs> yeah. of the, the back and forth of that throughout your career. Definitely. Yeah. So all I like very simply said is just like, for me, mentorship has been a huge blessing in my life. Like I still can't get enough of it. And it's been almost a decade of my life now doing it. Whereas like, I can't say that for anything else in my life. Like I get bored mm. real quick, <laughs> Like <laughs> you know? Um, but it's because you get to learn sometimes like the deepest parts of a person that you wouldn't learn if you were just doing technique or just doing like, you know, right. regular like technical classes. Right. So for me, the chance to like actually see more of a person that they can even see in themselves, like I needed that yeah. massively. Yeah. Probably still do to a certain extent. I am more mature and I do understand myself a lot more now, but um, as let's say in that like emerging artist phase, you know, early, you know, after high school into your early twenties, um, I was very lost and I didn't really like being in a company at all. (laughs) I don't know why I just, it's not for me. Um, and I could have just used someone just like tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, how are you doing today? That's it. That's all I needed. And I maybe got that once, um, as a teen and that kind of, guided me into where I am today that one person that took me out for lunch and said what do you want to do with your life and I was like I don't know and just having someone question me and kind of like give me a little guidance that has that one person I can't tell you one person can make a difference in your life and it could be an hour of your life (laughs) right so yeah, yeah for me mentorship has just been my world and I just like have loved everybody for their good 
stuff, their bad stuff, everything. And I just feel so lucky. And I advise anyone if they're questioning at any age, like if you think you're too old, you're not too old. Yeah. Go take a class, talk yeah. to the teacher afterwards, see if yeah. they're interested in getting to know you at all. And if they're not, they're not the right person for you. Move yeah. on to the next, you know? Yeah. So there's lots of people out there that want to help, yeah. but you have to ask sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that is the tricky part, isn't it? It's sourcing out those people who would be willing to do that mm-hmm. and and finding the means to um, keep that connection so that you don't feel alone. And, mm-hmm. and also, I wonder if, um, you know, I feel like the um, probably the most detrimental thing about dance industry is the fact that there's this belief that you have to achieve a certain something. Um, I'm thinking that for even the comment that you just said, um, Amber, about... Um, having to step away from your company and feeling like you've been a failure and, and mm-hmm. that there's, there is so much of an emphasis on success that, um, that I won so you think you can dance, that I became the principal dancer in a company, that I um, had this many, you know, whatever, people calling on me as a choreographer um, or as a dancer or whatever, there is such an emphasis on success that it becomes difficult to, you know, you think of all the accountants out there. We don't know who the top accountant is. We just have a lot of accountants because it needs to be done. And there, why is it, do you think, that we don't have the same perspective of dance, that, that dance is just a thing we do, and yeah, the odd person makes a go of it and becomes renowned in their career but the, the there seems to be this ongoing pressure that everybody needs to do that if you're actually going to be a successful dancer you need to have achieved that what do you think that is or why that is or i think it's just the culture of the art form and, and it it goes back to I, I would even like the best thing the quickest way I can compare it is just like that hierarchy of a classical ballet company. Like mm-hmm. dance is set up so that it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you you want the solo, you want to be the best, whatever that means. It's ridiculous, right? Like, you know, all the, all these things. And then depending on what silo you're in within dance, mm-hmm. without realizing it, it has its own like energy and it's its own like tier system. Yeah. that you, you don't even realize it's just like osmosis or it's just yeah. like, you know, so, so for myself, there was a certain type of, um, I'll say like tier system, not even tier system, but like just couple, like, you know, you do this, levels. then you do this, then you do this mm-hmm. levels. Yeah. And I didn't even realize at a certain time. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I actually don't even want this. Like I, this is what I, when I made the connection of like, this is what I think I'm supposed to be doing, not actually what I want to be doing. That was a huge game changer. And so that also led to me also to like, okay, so what is my definition of success? Not what the industry's definition of success, what is mine? And be prepared that like your definition is, could look very, very different. Yeah. You know, like not everybody needs to, you know, produce a show not everybody needs to go on an international tour. Um, those things, would they be great? Yes. But when I would like sit down and honestly like weigh the financial, physical and emotional and mental costs of certain, some of those things, I'm like, oh, I don't, I, it's not that I don't love it enough, but like this is just not where I want to put my time and energy. Yeah. Or that it's um, not sustainable. Even. Is that it's yeah. not sustainable yeah. or even that it's just like, or also... I would also say in my, in my um, experience, also being very honest with myself of like, you know what, your work is not built for that. Your Mm -hmm. work is not, your work is not going to ever get that type of notoriety. Mm -hmm. Not to say that my work is bad. It's just, it's different. Yeah. It's just different. And um, it was just, you know, just not the right time for certain things. And you have to acknowledge when other people are doing it better. Yeah. <laughs> other people are That's doing hard, it isn't it? <laughs> That's really it's hard. It's very, very hard. It's, it's very, very hard, but that was the best way. I, I The best advice I can give is like, be really clear on what your personal definition of success is yeah. and then stick to it. And it, it can evolve and change, but like, don't, you know, it's really easy to, to just like, and that's the other thing because of the financial scarcity 
that's why I think it's just like, I need this, I need this, I need this. So-and-so's got that opportunity. I, I need that. Like just in terms of like making a living, it, yeah. I think that's also what contributes to the, the, the this issue. Right. Um, right. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I have to say about that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, any thoughts from you, Danielle, on that at all? I can't relate to it at all because I've never put that pressure on myself. Like, oh, wow. and I wish I, I don't know why. I, that is just the way that I am. I have never been like, I need to accomplish this at this point in my life. Da 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 da. Wow. I don't know why I'm not like wow. that. I, parts of it is great. Parts yeah. of it aren't, right? Because I yeah. think I could have pushed myself a little bit further and lasted a little bit longer in my dance career, but it didn't happen that way. So I have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right? Well, um, and I, yeah, I think that's the better way to go. I think, <laughs> I think you know, as I, I work with a lot of dancers who are starting very late in their career, and, and the frustration for them is because they didn't start when they were three years old, yeah, then there's kind of this, this um, sense of, well, why bother? You know, I, it's too late now, why bother? And I, yeah. and I just have to say to them, the, the key is put your head down, take next step in front of the other and just follow mm-hmm. the path where it goes, keep going to your next level, keep um, pushing yourself where you can be pushed, but don't look at the end, the end goal, Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. just keep, keep taking step by step and see where you Mm -hmm. end up, which I I think for both, both of you, that's kind of what has happened. You've, you've ended up in wonderful places doing wonderful things. And, um, and probably now even this idea of transition is another time of, I don't know what's next, but I'm putting my head down. I'm taking next, putting my next foot in front of the other and doing whatever feels like this gives me life. This is what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. Would you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very well said. Very well said. <laughs> Sandy, may I just chime in for a second? Sure. So Amber, um, with like the next phase of your life, let's call it that, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, what is next for you? Like what is on your plate? Yeah, I'm still kind of figuring it out. Um, so during the pandemic, I actually got my, um, 200 hours, my, my yoga teacher training and then to thank you. And then to make a long story short, I'm currently studying to be a yoga therapist. So I'm going into my next term this summer. Um, and so basically for me, um, combining what I already do with dance and then this kind of new, more wellness aspect is I'm going to see where it leads because I just feel like there are so many people, even, even within dance that are just like, we just need to reshape and reframe how we think about our relationship with our bodies and, and reframing like what wellness is and do we need to be working like six plus hours a day, you know, like all, all these kind type of things. Um, I'm kind of more interested in how I can help artists to thrive and just human beings in general mm-hmm. to understand, have a deeper connection with their body, their physicality, how they're moving through the world. Um, Will that be a business? Probably. I mean, I'm probably, I'm starting to see certain people one-on-one already working with them. Um, and, and then also too, like teaching has just kind of blown up for me ever since like I announced that, that I um, was letting go of my company. Sometimes <laughs> that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and what's really cool though, is like, I've, I've worked, I've started working more in the theater community in the dance community and working with actors right now is my jam. I love it so much. They're present in a different way. They have a different relationship with their body because it's not immediate like it is with a dancer. And it was so funny. Like I also received a job this past year to teach at the UBC acting program. So that was super cool. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what to expect. And it was just like, it felt so natural is the only way I can describe it. I was just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. How am I supposed to be a movement coach for actors? I don't understand. And what I would find is like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to go into this rehearsal, this situation. And then it's like the rehearsal's going and I just somehow, I know how to answer these questions. I know how to like 
help the actor get from A to B. And so there's something naturally, I think it's the way I make dance or see dance. It's like, it's, there's always a, a motivation, whether it's like a very clear cut story or just a feeling or an emphasis, or there's a reason why I'm moving or I choose to move. And with, with acting or with theater, I feel like that is a perfect that's a perfect match because there's always an impetus and being clear about what that impetus is or just being very clear of like, I don't know, let's just try it. And so like theater has been really great in terms of my communication skills mm. and like just being transparent and just be like, you know what? I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to try this. Yeah. So theater has been really great for that. Um, so I think it's just kind of this, like this just kind of um, hodgepodge of, if you will, of like teaching um, and availability. I, I've also started teaching at um, Common Ground and Euphoria Yoga, teaching yoga classes. And um, the other thing too is just like just time to do other creative pursuits. Like I love to write, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, certain things like that. For me in a certain way, I feel like it's taking time just to figure out um, at the risk of sounding corny, like who I am again and, and, and what I want. And yeah. And there's like a couple of opportunities in terms of like, uh, like administration jobs or programming jobs that have come my way, which have been really great. And I feel like I'll be able to serve the community. But yeah, it's like 10 different jobs going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, also like um, in terms of dancing, I have um, one, I've had a couple of residencies this year and I, it's been great just to kind of get back to my body and create a solo for myself again. I'll be performing in July, but it's, it's, it's great that it's not like my driving force. Like, I love yeah. it. It's just like, oh yeah, make a dance. Like, just like <laughs> no pressure. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for the first time, like I'm creating because I want to create not like I have to and I have to meet right. this deadline and I have to write it's such a different experience I right. can't even tell you even just actually creating it's complete it's completely changed everything but it's nice not to have that pressure anymore and I'm hoping within the next year like I can also you know slow down even more um and and maybe maybe that means relocating maybe that means just like be spending more time in nature <laughs> but it, I, I would say it's interesting it's um it's definitely like I'm figuring it out yeah I, I would say and and along the way just trying to also kind of like enjoy the unclarity like it's it's like it's clear but it's not clear yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> but I would say the 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 biggest thing is just like, um, for me, um, the, the training that I'm doing in wellness and like, how can I apply that immediately to dancers yeah. or when I'm asked to teach a class or just how I want to be in the world really. Yeah. Um, I just see all of us in our society burning out constantly on so many levels, you know, the pandemic aside, like all, all of us already were just like, just working so hard and just making sure that people feel supported and more importantly seen and that they feel appreciated for their time and effort when they're, they're doing their, their stuff out yeah. there in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I rambled on. No. It's clear, but unclear. No. I don't know if that no. It, it actually, you know, um, I mean, our time is kind of out, but what, what we have the great opportunity to understand, I mean, because there has been kind of this very narrow understanding of dance and dance careers. And once you stop doing this state, being on stages and being recognized and all of that, then your career is done. Um, to actually say that dance belongs in many, many areas of our lives. And yeah. that truly, um, you doing all these things connected to wellness, it's very much a direction that our studio has gone. Um, things connected to um, uh, going into other environments. I mean, Reviser mm -hmm. was just, uh, I just watched the Reviser performance and hearing Jonathan Young and Crystal Pite talk about this back and forth push of, of um, theater people who are movers and movers who yeah. are coming into, you know, the, the theatrical elements and, and just how wonderful that is, those kinds of collaborations. And I think that what we're able to look at now as, as we're hopefully expanding the sector to say it doesn't just belong in one territory, yeah. it actually belongs yeah. in many 
and that um, you know there discover so many discoveries about the fact that mental health is connected to dance, um, new neural pathways for people with um, yeah. with Alzheimer's. Um, it's dance helps to to create new neural pathways. You know we're looking at many many things that we need to. I think end <laughs> with an understanding that dance is not just about our entertainment. Dance is about mm -hmm. life. And I think yeah. what you rambled on about Amber is that is, is rediscovering dance as part of every aspect of life. And we're both pretty thrilled to know that you are still creating work and doing mm -hmm. it even in the midst of all of that, um, of the shifts that you're in the, in the middle of. So Thank you so much for talking with us. We're really, oh my really goodness. grateful. Thank, Thank you, you for asking me. It's always an extreme pleasure or privilege that anybody wants to just talk to you so thank you so much <laughs> well we would love to hear what you have to say yeah so and nice. we would love to have you on again because you do have so much to say and uh and have such a a wealth of wisdom in, in this all of this so thank well, you so thank much you. yeah thank you so much yeah and thank you danielle and uh, we look forward to seeing you folks again in a couple of weeks we will do another interview next time with sarah brewer close and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but thanks for joining us and thank you for joining us. We will talk thank to you again. So Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Voice of the Artist is a production of Bez Arts Hub and works in conjunction with many other dance organizations and studios. To respond to us or let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover, email hello at bezartshub.com. For more information about us, go to bezartshub.com dance. We'll see you next time.